We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody, and welcome to college football. Finally, we're back, 2023, man. It feels like forever. We've waited a long time for this. We've grinded out months and months of the summertime and baseball and MMA and whatever else you can find a way to get your hands on to to occupy your time, and we're here. Week zero, man. Like I don't love week zero, but it's better than nothing, so – New cast of characters this year. Uh, if you haven't heard, you know, changing a few things up at RG. So this particular show this year, you're looking at the three main components of it. We'll mix and match every week, but it will be two of the three of us every single week. Most weeks you'll get all three of us. Kyle Murray, you know him. Uh, he's our project. He's gonna. He's working on our projections this year. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, like you said, week zero is here, and it's more like an appetizer, I guess. Not not our favorite thing, but uh, we have it, and we've been waiting a while for it. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys. Yep. Uh, the other a familiar for you, you've seen him on some other shows, but he's going to be joining the Thursday show this year. Micah Bernard, how you doing, Micah? Good. Yeah, happy to. Like you said, August, July, August is like the worst sports period of the year until you get to the end of August. So. Um, good to get rewarded with college football. So, yeah, week zero is finally here, ready to get to it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Same format as we always have, game by game. We'll talk you through some some of our favorite plays uh, in each game and we'll rifle through it and give you something to, uh, something to listen to on a Friday. We'll usually have this thing out by Thursday night. So if you're a night owl, you'll be able to get to it. If not, you'll have all day Friday leading up into the Saturday show and uh Extract from it, whatever you can. We'll crank it off here. Uh, we're going to be mainly dealing with DraftKings on the show because FanDuel's a little bit, and most of these games overlap anyway, so we're all right. Maybe, maybe at the end we'll talk a little FanDuel, but we're going to mainly DraftKings here. So I got the lineup HQ fired up, DraftKings. Uh, UMass, New Mexico State, first game on the board. Uh, we got at the spread right now, seven. New Mexico State's minus seven, 44 and a half. This thing opened New Mexico State minus eight and a half. I'm a little worried about that. I kind of liked uh, New Mexico State here, but 
Uh, spread's dropping for UMass. I understand why they're going to be a much improved team. I'm going to start off with Kyle here on this particular game. There's there's some guys in this game I'm very interested in, and I want to hear your take on this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a typical week zero game, I suppose. We're getting excited about New Mexico State and UMass, or I guess excited is a, a happy word to put behind it. But, um, yeah, a couple interesting pieces in this one. Um, quarterbacks in this one can be interesting depending on the side. I know we're going to mainly talk DraftKings, but I figured it's worth mentioning uh, Diego Pavia is a little bit underpriced on FanDuel. prefer him over there, but two rushing quarterbacks in this game. Um, I, I think you can make a case for both of them, believe it or not. Uh, at 4,800 Tyson, I'm not going to mess with the pronunciation of the last name there. Um, but Russian quarterback, uh, transfer over from Clemson and Georgia Tech. I, I don't mind it if you wanted to, you know, mess around with, you know, in a 150 set, a $4,800 quarterback on DraftKings. I'll have a little bit of him in my 150 build, but other than that, uh, it's not nothing that you're going crazy about. But you know, this is a game I'm not expecting to see a whole lot of great football being played uh, but both quarterbacks having that rushing upside puts that in play based on their price and like I mentioned I do prefer uh, Diego Pavia over on FanDuel but more than in play on DraftKings as well. Michael what's your uh, what's your take on this game I want to I want to also say that I don't know if you guys uh, uh, anybody out there watching uh, I think the show this week is free so you're not behind the paywall yet and when we get behind a paywall you, you won't have access to a lot of this stuff but uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming out for college football this year. And uh, I know that the expert survey is live now and we can go into just real quick. I know I want to run down uh, the trend. I, I had this one identified because I remember watching him last year at the end of the year, Pavia, right? Like, as you can see, this, this was my useful trend write up. Like after the bye week last year, he missed a week, sat out a week. Then they had a bye week, two, two weeks rest. He came back. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the nation there for a while. Uh, he had a really, really bad game against Missouri. No, no big deal there. That's a power five. But Pavia has like double bonus upside if he get if he catches the right game flow. So I'm interested what Micah thinks about Pavia in particular. And then and then the running game, the other running backs for New Mexico State. Somebody's got a bust for New Mexico yeah. State, right? Yeah, I'll just I'll just say like UMass is a terrible football team. I don't expect that to change um, to start the season. So it is a little like you said concerning that that spread kind of came back to where New Mexico State's only about a seven point favorite. But yeah, Pavia, like I agree with everything you said about him. The only thing that scares me is this game environment's going to be awful. Both these teams run very slow, and neither of these teams really pass. With once again, you're not playing Pavia because he's going to throw for three hundred yards. I mean, it'd be great if he did. You're playing him because he's going to run for over a hundred maybe get in a couple scores. Um, so I definitely don't mind him. Like Kyle said, I definitely prefer him on FanDuel where he's like $300 more expensive than he is on DK, which is a big savings. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mentioned them in my write-up, Star Thomas, Jamani Jones. Usually I'm trying to avoid um, or starters at the running back. But hey, I mean, UMass is bad against the run. Um, New Mexico State has one of the highest run rates in the country. I think what I would probably do with New Mexico State is probably just a limit one. And, you know, if Star Thomas and Jones get there, that's probably because they take the rushing touchdowns away from Pavia. Don't necessarily want to play Thomas and Jones, but I didn't see someone in the Discord say that since I told them not to play them together that they're going to play him and ship. So I, that was always interesting. But um, I, this game environment is just bad. They're both very slow teams. So I'm not going to go crazy here. I'll probably limit one from New Mexico State. But I agree. I think Pavia just has a, a very high range of outcomes, which – I think he could score 10 points. He could score 40 points. So the question is, what's he going to do? And and whatever your take is on that, that kind of depends how, how you want to play him. 
Yeah, I, I think I think he's very interesting this week for GPP. So one thing, I, as we get into it, uh, I, I like to get your opinion on right now. Later on, we'll, we'll talk about Caleb Williams, who's like the big elephant in the room this week. Like this is a really b- poor five game slate with a lot of weird teams, and we know what he does. So, uh, you know, you kind of probably should be playing double quarterbacks in just about every lineup. I, you know, I understand for GPPs if you want to go do something off off the board, but you should be playing double quarterbacks. So that gives you only so much exposure to quarterbacks. How much Caleb Williams? Because whatever, whatever we're going to have Caleb Williams, if we're going to be over the field, it's going to cut down on the other guys we can take. So I'll start off with Kyle. How much Caleb Williams this week? So that'll help us as we go along talking about these other quarterbacks because he's going to take up a spot for us, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I think a good way to put it is, you know, when you look at the projected ownership, we have him at about 66% right now. Um, I would definitely want to get over that. And at that point, you kind of come to the discussion of, you know, are you all in or not? Um, I, I think for me, the only reason I wouldn't have 100% Caleb Williams in this slate is if I were going to, prioritize one of the USC running backs. Um, I, I think maybe you can make a case for one of these guys getting there and, and Caleb Williams not. So I'll probably end up having about 85, 90% of uh, Caleb Williams here. Michael, what's your Caleb Williams exposure going to be? Yeah, it's it's going to be most likely, at least on DraftKings, 100%. I think it's more of a question on FanDuel, but like I agree with Kyle. Like, okay, what do you do if you don't play Caleb Williams? I would say if you don't play Caleb Williams, you have to have Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones in your lineup. Maybe even have two of them. I'll tell you, if Caleb Williams busts and you somehow have Jones and Lloyd and they get all the touchdowns for USC, which is not a likely outcome, but I mean, like, I don't think it matters what the rest of your lineup looks like. You're probably going to be in the conversation at the end. So, I'm going to lock Williams. I mentioned this in my article, like DraftKings and FanDuel, even to a more extent, DraftKings doesn't really care about college football DFS. Pricing mistakes happen. Not to say that Caleb is like that big of a pricing mistake, but you can fit it. There are enough out there that you can fit him in everywhere else. So I'm probably just going to lock him um, and, and see where that goes. So that, that's probably my stance this week, unless something you know drastically changes. There's just such a big gap between him and that next quarterback on the slate. Let's talk about a couple more quarterbacks. We're going to Ohio State, San Diego State game. This game is uh, San Diego State minus two and a half. 48 and a half is our total. Uh, so a couple college games in the 40s. You never actually that's that'd probably be OK for the NFL. We're not really looking for 40s in the, in the college football game. But I'll start off with Mike on this one. This one, I'm high, I'm having a harder time extracting some players from this. This because San Diego State has a relatively good defense and. I don't know. Things could go. Things could go awfully wrong in this game from a DFS standpoint. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the past couple of years, every time we talk about San Diego State, it's like an auto almost block. Like you know, they're going to run slow. They're you know they're probably going to have a pretty good defense. Um, and, and I still think, like you said, they're going to have a formidable one here. Um, but Curtis Rourke, like if Rourke doesn't get injured, like he was a Mac Offensive Player of the Year last year, like he has dual threat ability. Like he's fifty five hundred. I mean. Doesn't take much for him to put up, you know, 20 plus points. He has a little bit of rushing upside. So I don't mind him. Uh, I, I think Ohio has the most consistent throughput. Like, you know, where it's going to come from. I don't mind Van Gura at the running back spot either. He's going to get a lot of carries, and he's one of the only guys that you really don't have a workload question on this week. Um, then Wiggla's, he's a little bit more expensive than I'd like to play. I mean, he gets a lot of catches, but I mean, I don't know. Spending that much on him, I'm kind of off um, a little bit. And then San Diego State, 
And their offense, I mean, just doesn't do – I mean, I don't think I'm going to have much Maiden. I'd much rather have Rourke in this one, especially um, with Ohio maybe playing from behind. So, I, I agree with you. Like, this game is kind of iffy, which does lead to lower ownership. So, like, if you, I mean, want to stack this game, hey, it's week zero. It's a five-game slate. Um, I don't think that's out of the question. But probably Rourke and Bangura um, are kind of be my main targets from this team. Yeah, Wiggles had a little stretch there last year, man. Well, about five, six weeks where he yeah. was one of the like he was money for us. But this is a much this is a, this is a step up in competition and, and healthier wide receivers around him now. So, uh, but the, this is a, the theme I think here in this on this slate is running back by committee, man. We're gonna have to we're gonna we'll talk about some guys later, but it's tough to find bell cows, Kyle. So. I don't know where I, I feel like maybe San Diego State is a place I would, would have wanted to go at running back, but how those carries going to pan out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, from a projection standpoint, we're splitting it up fairly evenly. No one is really running away from a uh, from a point where it's you know worth noting. We have Kristen leading by about seven percent in terms of the rushing share, with Cam Davis being just behind him. But um, you know, from this game, I guess both quarterbacks do have some appeal for me just because. Like Micah mentioned, I do think we might see some lower ownership on these guys. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to flock to Caleb, obviously. Uh, I think a lot of people will potentially look at that first game and then also the uh, uh, Hank uh, Bachmeyer play, which I do like. But I think that might take up a lot of the quarterback ownership. And, you know, you always have to be concerned with a a max school playing a, a potentially better opponent here. And then obviously factoring in the torn ACL that work is recovering from it sounds like the recovery went well um but i just tend to believe that he's probably going to rely on his arm a bit more than his legs here in this one you know returning from that torn acl last year um, but jalen maiden we saw him have a couple of really really solid games uh last year mostly led by his rushing upside so i think both these guys are pretty appealing uh you mentioned the bell cow kind of upside that Bangura does have i think he's one of the few guys who might go out there and, and see all of the work from a, a running back perspective obviously allison returning from injury i think he'll be involved as well but Bangura, i think he has the job here in terms of being that rb1 the price isn't great and there's a lot of guys who we're going to talk about later on the slate that at the running back position you know project for better uh overall fantasy points and even potentially better uh, overall roles and are, are just a little bit cheaper so um that week zero pricing came out a little bit early and some news wasn't impacted in, in terms of the pricing there so you kind of get some some lopsided pricing i, I don't think Bangor is benefiting from that so that's the only issue i really have with him here all right next game on the board hawaii uh against vanderbilt and we've got a 17 and a half point vanderbilt spread that's a lot for Vanderbilt and 55 and a half is our total uh I think this is probably one of the more interesting funner games on the slate I think it's going to be more competitive than that 17 and a half point spread Hawaii if you don't know former great like one of their legendary quarterback Timmy Chang is their head coach he's a run and shoot guy so you know I think their theory is they want to throw the ball a lot they want to do a lot of run and shoot activity and uh, Vanderbilt I think is gonna you know you're gonna let them do some of that I don't Vanderbilt doesn't scare me at all so I think this game has a chance to be a really nice shootout I'll start off with Kyle here what's jumping out to you yeah I mean like you alluded to we have them projecting to to try to be a running running gun team uh like a 62 percent pass rate in, in our projection which is obviously a, a big number there uh not a lot of efficiency. They had last year, obviously, up and down quarterback play. I mean, I don't expect that to you know change overnight or during the offseason, so I'm a little bit worried about the efficiency and the effectiveness of the passing game. But 
I agree with the chat, but they're going to try. They're gonna, definitely going to try to pass. The uh, the player that stands out for me most in this game is Tylen Hines, 4,700. Obviously, Parson gone from last year, so it sounds like he's going to have the job here. Um, there's you know some concerns can be brought up about his size and his potential ability to be uh, a number one running back, but I think you know obviously college is a lot different than the NFL. You know, we saw a guy like Deuce Vaughn do it last year, and I think he, he's definitely more suited for the college game. And I, obviously, we saw his explosiveness, nearly eight yards of carry last year, over nine yards per reception doing it in both facets of the game. So Hines is my favorite play from the Hawaii side. And then on the Vanderbilt side, I agree with you. I do think that this spread might be a little bit uh, of a tricky one to navigate here. I wouldn't be surprised if the game stays closer either. Obviously, we saw these two play each other in week one uh, last year. I think it was like 46 to 7 or something like that. Vanderbilt, obviously, not used to a lot of success, but against Hawaii, they were able to have some. Will Shepard's the guy that stands out to me from Vanderbilt. Um, I know what we're all going to probably talk about the running back situation here, um, which is a, an interesting one. Um, you know, in July or so, we were trying to project this team and and break down the depth chart. And a lot of talks were that Cedric Alexander was going to be the guy out of uh, spring ball, that he was going to be the number one, even though he's a true freshman, to start the year. Uh, it sounds like we're backtracking on that now with, with the coach sort of talking about Patrick Smith and, and redshirt freshman Chase Gillespie leading the way, but I think it's going to be a committee. You know, last year we saw six guys rush for over 65 yards uh, from this Vanderbilt team against Hawaii. So I think all three of these guys are in play. They should all be in your player pool. Um, I think you can make a case for playing two of these three. I would not be surprised to see Vanderbilt, you know, put up a ton of points here and have a lot of success against this Hawaii team. Uh, I think that in terms of deciding which one you like the most, it, it could be very difficult because I think it's going to be a committee. And I think Cedric Alexander sounds like the best talent amongst the bunch. Um, but these other guys are definitely in play as well. So I think you should definitely be considering having at least one of these Vanderbilt guys in your lineup and they're all fairly cheap as well. Micah, what's your, uh, what's your take here? Yeah, I love AJ. I mentioned this in my article. Like, I love AJ Swan here. Um, you know, didn't do anything to inspire confidence last year. But if you remember, and he's not a dual threat guy, but remember, with Mike Wright basically won the Heisman in Week One against Hawaii last year, ran for like 160 yards, like looked phenomenal, and then Wake Forest came to town in a couple weeks and just completely shut him up. Um, but I like Swan here. I think all this Vandy team, like I, I think. Uh, I think we all, I think, picked this game kind of possibility to shoot out. I do think it is closer in that 17 and a half point spread. Um, Tylen Hines, I mean, he took one to the house against Michigan last year. I mean, he's a small guy, but um, he averaged seven and a half yards of carry last year. So I really like him. I think he's a great play, but he's not going to hide anywhere. He's probably going to be the highest owned running back. Will Shepard is just a misprice. I mentioned that, you know. Guy had 116 targets last year. Swan should be much more improved. But like I said, a lot of people are going to play Shepard. A lot of people are going to play Hines. Not a lot of people, I think, are going to just full out game stack. For, so for GPPs, if you think this game shoots out, I don't mind playing, uh, you know, Hines, Swan, Shepard, even throwing a Jaden McGowan, who you see that ownership, and I tagged him. You know, I'm not saying to fade Shepard and play him. But if you do stack like Swan, Shepard, and McGowan, like you're going to have a different lineup for GPPs. And on a slate like this where Caleb's going to be ridiculously owned, you got to find a couple ways to set yourself apart. Um, yeah, and then Patrick Smith, man, I don't know if y'all have looked into him, but he averaged 2.7 yards per attempt last year. Like it's very, even though it's why it's tough to get behind him, I'd probably prefer Chase Gillespie just because he's in between both of them. Um, but I agree with you about Cedric. I think, you know, he's an intriguing play. He's been getting talked a lot up. But uh, Will Shepard's too cheap. Hines is definitely too cheap. I, I like. I think Swan's my favorite play from this game. 
Um, I, I think this game's definitely stackable, and I don't think it will be that chalky if you get yourself a couple low-owned pieces outside of Hines and Shepard. I'm kind of fine playing them and, and just getting a little bit different elsewhere. Yeah, the Patrick Smith yards per carry stood out to me, man. Like he's at it's the bad. top. He's at the top of the depth chart. That's good, but that doesn't mean anything. They're still going to split carries, and I tend to avoid guys who are going to split carries and they're only and they're less than three yards to carry is what he get. Like doesn't it doesn't bode well. You got some more explosive guys in there, so like man, it's Hawaii. He could have a big game. I'll you know GPPs. I'll have something. No, it certainly won't be. You know, what have we got him projected at? Almost 15%. I'll be under the field on that. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. But, yeah, I am I'm, I'm I like these passing games here. I think it's going to be good. But next game on the board, uh, it's a big one. Actually, a, you know, a bigger school here, USC. USC San Jose State uh, line right now is 30 and a half. 66 and a half is our total. USC, big, big expectations, Micah. And we've got some uh, – they've got – man, they've got some star players on offense here. And they should do what they want against San Jose State. It's just a matter of how do we – how do they divvy it out, man? At what – when is enough going to be enough for them when they start, you know, pulling the carries and the and the targets for certain guys? What, 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 what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is – shocker, like the decision of the slate. Are you going to play Caleb? Is USC going to blow out San Jose State and play like 15 different guys at the skill positions? Is this game going to be a little closer than the 30-point spread? So USC starters play a whole bunch of the game. Uh, the USC depth chart did not help that out either. There are a bunch of or designations there. Um, Dorian Singer is a big fish um, that comes in from Arizona. Is he going to be the number one? That's a great question. I mean, if you just want to almost chop, just look at the wide receivers on USC um, – just because, you know, they spread everything out so so much that, um, like, you see that ownership gap between Singer and, like, Mario Williams, Brennan Rice, Washington, and even some of the cheaper guys. What you really have to decide is, like, is Singer that much of a better play at kind of a similar price point to all those guys to where he should be twice or three times owned as those guys? I love Mario Williams here. He's played with Caleb ever since he's been in Oklahoma. He was a little bit banged up last year. His price is right under Singer. So I think he comes in a little bit ahead of that because he is actually designated as a starter. Um, but I don't think that plays into it too much. Um, I like Mario Williams. And like I said, if you're going to play Caleb Williams and Singer, I just make sure you're different somewhere else. Because it ain't going to, like, if Williams and Singer connect on an 80 yard bomb first play, you're going to move up the leaderboard, but you're going to move up the leaderboard with everybody else, right? Um, but, man, I really love Cordero here. Like, people are sleeping on him in terms of what kind of year he had last year. Ran for 500 yards, had a 20-4 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. If you think USC and San Jose State keep this even semi-competitive, with his legs and his upsides, I think, Chop, you had had him getting there in garbage time in the, in the expert survey. I agree. Like, him, I think he's definitely a little bit lower owned just because he's in that weird range. I love Cordero this week. Um, Lockhart's probably the big question, right? Is he going to go? We have him projected. Um, we'll obviously keep you all updated in the Discord what's going on there. But if Lockhart is not does not play, um, and we've got that injury designation now in HQ that you can look at, um, he's a big question in the slate too because he opens up all the value in the world because his backup's 3K. So this game's intriguing. I like both quarterbacks. I'll be stacking this either way that I can. Um, and the USC running back, same thing. They're both expensive. There's a timeshare. So a lot to decide here and a lot of ways to play USC, which 
shocker when they're scheduled to score 50 points that uh, you're definitely going to want some. Yeah, you mentioned the, the new injury tag. It's, you know, a little behind the scenes, a bit, a bit of a, you know, a lot of little spirited debate in the Slack channel. Some, yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, thing here. You click on that. What this is going to be every week, guys, is uh, anybody who has a halfway decent projection that could factor the slate, you know, if, if there's something going on, they're not necessarily – there's questionable, doubtful. We don't have NFL type of injury designations. We'll highlight them here, and then you can make your decision for, you know, we talk about Lockhart. The guy is in a cast for the better part of the last few weeks. Don, we don't know what, you know, how many times have you played college football and, like, like you don't warm know. Up. They kick off. You have no idea because there's really no beat, beat writers at certain stadiums or, or they're not tweeting it out. Yeah, they kick off, and all of a sudden you get the news after the first drive. Oh, well, so-and-so's in street clothes over there. Like Lockhart could play and get a hundred yard bonus, you know. He's the number one if he plays. The guy could have a cast on his hand after kickoff. So you make your own decision. We have no idea, but that's what the injury designation is for. And so I'll go to Kyle now. A lot to talk about in this game, man. Hit on hit on Lockhart, some of those San Jose statewide receivers in garbage time, and anybody else you like. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys made a great point about the injury designation. Obviously, it's nothing like the NFL. We don't have constant, uh, you know sources and reporters reporting on key injuries and stuff like that and you know Lockhart is a, a big injury and to be honest from a projection standpoint we actually bumped his projection down quite a bit because we don't know right so you know, he could be dealing with I believe they said it's a cast on his hand so it could be you know a broken hand broken finger we don't really know um, so this is a guy who we have projected for about a 21 percent target share right now but truthfully, he has upside for more. Uh, he's stepping into a really good role. Obviously, Elijah Cooks uh, departed this team to the NFL. You know, he averaged you know 65 uh, uh, yards per game nearly, and you know 10 touchdowns last year, 98 targets on the season for Elijah Cooks. So you know, plenty of opportunities opened up for Lockhart, who was good in his own right last year. He didn't find the end zone, but you know, he still averaged 16 and a half yards per reception, 70, 70 targets on the year. So this is a guy who definitely has a potential to to fit in here. And he would also fit pretty well with USC stacks and to go along with it with the kind of the question marks around it, he might end up being fairly low owned as well. So he's a guy that I do have a lot of interest in here, especially if we can get a strong uh, report on his health. Um, in terms of the USC guys, I, I totally agree. You know, I, I see the the upside for Singer and why you'd want to play him. All reports do kind of lead to, you know, a lot of hype being posed around Singer. And obviously a lot of, uh, you know, transfers have come to USC, been the number one there. But, you know, to Micah's point, it's always been a fairly spread out uh, passing attack here. Um, if you wanted to pair Singer with, with Caleb, obviously there's no problem there. He does project the best for us. Um, but, you know, there's lots to go around here. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of production. There's going to be a lot of uh, potential scoring opportunities. I think my favorite right now is probably going to be Brendan Rice at 6,200. Um, obviously, from a, a projection standpoint, all these guys project fairly similarly with Singer getting uh, kind of a, the, a tier of his own and then Williams, Rice, and Washington kind of being in, in the tier below these guys. But, I mean, really, you can make a case for two or three other guys as well. Deuce Robinson is a five-star true freshman who's like a tight end wide receiver hybrid who should be able to have a, a pretty substantial role for a freshman coming into a, a team here uh, on the outside. He has a lot of talent. Relic Brown is a running back converted to wide receiver who they've been using kind of all over the field. So at 4,300, he also makes sense. And again, like this is just a team that's projected to score a lot of points. We haven't projected for almost seven touchdowns. So when you look at that, you know, there's going to be plenty of wealth to go around here. Um, so if you're 
you know, playing 150 lineups, don't be afraid to kind of, uh, you know, spread your exposure here, especially if you're, you know, locking in Caleb Williams because a lot of those plays are going to correlate as well. Yeah, I, my, my opinion on it would be that uh, I think San Jose State's better offensively than what they're being given credit for. So I think they can kind of keep it. They're not going to keep it close, close, but, you know, they think they can score some points. I think they're a good fantasy team. And USC, I don't think they're going to be in any rush starting the third quarter to score with that first team offense. Who knows if those guys are even going to be out there. But they could put up enough in the first – they could outscore every other team on the slate just in the first half with their first team offense. So it's one of those things you could be sitting back watching this thing going, wow, that's five drives and five touchdowns for Caleb Williams. And if you ain't got him and name any wide receiver he's throwing to, you're buried. So – I think it's a, it's a fun game. You know, I think San Jose State's they, they've got a chance here because of what Micah said. Shavon Cordero, man, I like him. You know, so see how it plays out. Last game on the slate. This one checks off uh, quite a few boxes for us. Like it's a decent total at fifty-seven and a half. A much tighter spread than the USC. This is only a twelve and a half point spread. We've also got some injuries in this game that are going to lead to. I want to say lock and load running backs, but these injuries are going to help us out making lineups here. They're going to make choices easier for us. So start off with Kyle on this one. What do you see in this game? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the injuries for for uh, Louisiana Tech here. Marquise Crosby, sounds like he's going to miss this game and maybe even a couple other ones to start the year. Uh, and then Miami, Ohio transfer Tyree Shelton, who was expected to be the backup, uh, he's also dealing with an injury, and it sounds like from reports uh, that he's closer to doubtful rather than questionable. Um, so it sounds like uh, potential third stringer uh, Charvis Thornton's going to step into a pretty massive role here. And again, this is one of those situations where – you know, like Micah mentioned, DraftKings doesn't ma- doesn't like really put in a ton of effort into pricing anyway, so he probably would just be, you know, cheap regardless. But with the pricing coming out early, you get a pretty nice price tag on this guy, fifty four hundred. He's the best uh, projected value play amongst non quarterbacks on the entire slate. Uh, so he makes a lot of sense as a guy uh, to be in the majority of your lineups and obviously a cash game type play. Um, but there are a couple of other, you know, running back options behind him that I guess could step in for some carries. Uh, I, I'm not sure if these are guys that you're, you know, looking to get a ton of in terms of your lineups. But a guy like Keith Willis Jr., he's 3K flat. There's been a lot of hype around him. And then Jacob Fields as well. Uh, personally, I'm not going overboard on these running backs, but just want to throw those names out there in case uh, anyone's looking for some some really deep flyers here. But it does appear that Thornton's going to be the guy uh, by all means. And then in terms of the pass catchers here, I've really liked the pass catching options that we have available for us. Louisiana Tech, um, obviously, Smoke Harris is returning. He was solid all of last year, uh, and then with um, uh, Cyrus Allen stepping into a bigger role here, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this team. And obviously, uh, this is a run and gun, pass heavy offense. They've been there. Uh, they've been that way for the past couple of years now. And with uh, Hank Bachmeyer now quarterback in this team i'm really excited about uh them potentially becoming even more efficient and maybe potentially even more pass heavy uh, especially with the running backs being banged up to start the year trey harris obviously uh gone now so i think that's going to leave room for cyrus allen to step in he averaged uh almost 22 yards per reception last year uh, that's obviously a number that's probably not going to be uh, attainable every single game and every single season but you know that still goes to speak on on his upside there uh, obviously, Smoke Harris had a good season. And then True Edwards is also, uh, I believe he's also dealing with a little bit of a, an injury. So we want to check in on that, but it doesn't sound to be uh, all that serious. And he's 3K and he's currently th- uh, third on the depth chart here. So um, this is probably my second favorite team to stack outside of USC. 
I don't think they'll really go under under any radars or anything like that. But um, you could potentially look to maybe avoid the chalk on the slate, Thornton, if you want to be really, uh, really contrarian and, and just, you know, really pile up on this passing attack here. I, I don't think you're going to get a ton of ownership breaks on the receivers either, but I just think they could potentially see a little bit of a unique build here by just stacking uh, Bachmeyer with two uh, pass catchers here for uh, LaTeX. All right, Micah. This this may be our one and only chance this whole this whole year to talk about Florida International, Louisiana Tech. Who Let's knows? Hope. Yeah, who knows how it plays out? So, what do you what do you see in your research? Yeah, if you haven't played college football DFS and this is your first year, this is like you're welcome to college football DFS. FIU. I don't think they've put out a depth chart, have they? I think FIU is the one team that has no depth chart, and yeah. Louisiana Tech has Travis Thornton listed as number one, and Tyree Shelton is questionable but he's listed right behind him on the depth chart. So obviously it doesn't make Thornton a bad play if Shelton plays, but if Shelton plays, you're just in a timeshare like you are with every other matchup on the slate. So decide what you think is best there. But yeah, as it sits right now, if we expect that Shelton doesn't play. Thornton's going to get a ton of carries. Um, but it's, once again, it's an air raid. Cyrus Allen, Kyle mentioned his, his numbers last year are ridiculous. Like Smoke Harris is your cash game play. Um, not to say you can't play him with Allen, but Allen is like, you know, average 22 yards a catch. He caught 43 less balls than Smoke Harris last year and had 118 less receiving yards. It's kind of crazy. Um, and then, yeah, same thing with True Edwards, um, mid-price. Um, and FIU, I mean, they're just, you know, I think you know Grayson James is going to start. You know Shamari Lawrence is probably going to start. And then Chris Mitchell, those three guys kind of highlighted. But then um, I think, you know, one of those guys could definitely uh, break the slate outside of them but it's just you know a little bit of an unknown so this is the last game i do agree closer spread kind of bigger total it's not san jose state usc but um yeah hank bachmeyer man he scares this whole louisiana Tech team on the quarterback running back scared me a little bit just because we all know hank back bachmeyer from boise state um and just like boise state was never like good for dfs just when you play bachmeyer Halani would go off and you play Halani, Bachmeyer would go off. So it's always he always has that back in my mind. But he's in an air raid system, quarterback in an air raid system. You would think, hey, let me play him, especially at 5,800. So he will be popular. Um, I think a lot of cash games or single entries, your two quarterbacks will be Hank Bachmeyer and Caleb Williams. So once again, just take that into account. If you're trying to take down a GPP, probably want to get a little bit different there um, if you're going to play both those guys at quarterback. So should be an intriguing game. Good end to the, to the week zero slate on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, that one, that one's going to be fun. So we got, uh, Oh, we got a new look in the expert expert rankings. I don't know. You know, if you were here last year and you, you, you bought the tools and I did, I did not like it, man. I'm not going to lie. I did not like the way it looked. We cleaned it up this year. Take a look at this, man. A little freebie this weekend. Look at this. Well, I like the way that you can sort through the consensus rankings now, and there's not all that jumbled mess down there. We'll, we'll get it even cleaner as the weeks go on. But, yeah, I like that. We got Bachmeyer number two. Bachmeyer had some uh, some really good weeks with Boise State at times in his career. And then for, he just fell off the, a cliff and was never to be heard from again. But we got him at number two, Cordero number three. So, there's some interesting plays there. One one other game I, uh, we're going to hit on. I don't think we got the projections up yet. Navy, Notre Dame. This is a game that is featured in FanDuel, and they do have a showdown for it on DraftKings. So I go with Michael real quick. Do you have any thoughts on, on Navy and, fan, and uh, Notre Dame here? 
Yeah, Navy, I guess, is going to try and like a more of a spread option offense now. Still have some option principles, but they got Georgia Southern's offensive coordinator, so they'll look a little bit different. Um, is that going to matter against Notre Dame across the pond? I don't know. Sam Hartman is at Notre Dame now. Audrey Gastime, um is is a running back. Who I love. Like I, I'm going to lose a lot of money on Estime tomorrow if uh, it is a running back by committee there. But um, Notre Dame, I, I think they should have a pretty solid offense. So uh, that spread is right around three touchdowns. Um, I like Hartman. I like Estime. Uh, Jaden Thomas is also um, waiting in the wings. So I'm actually excited to watch Notre Dame um mainly because they could do well or like I, i'm i was loving it last year who they lose to to start the season like marshall at home like if navy were to win this game I, i'd be all for it i don't think it's going to happen but it would be very interesting if you know marcus freeman kind of got back last year won more of the games down the stretch but started out horrible it would be a an interesting college football storyline if week zero of the first game uh notre dame loses to navy in dublin so it, it should be an entertaining one but we're all going to say that just because it's at least a college football game at in the afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, well, I, it would be funny to see Notre Dame lose, but I'm not going to lie. If you guys look at scores and odds, I've already – I don't think we're doing a betting show this week, so I've put up my, my, my bet as Notre Dame on scores and odds. Man, I like – the when they acquired – Sam Hartman via the tra- transfer portal. That's that's a big time move for them. Now all those quarterbacks. That's what they were missing these last several years is that reliable quarterback. Man, uh, who was it that was a uh, oh gosh? They had that quarterback a few years ago, pretty good in college. He was one of the. He's one of the worst pro quarterbacks I've ever seen. Uh, Deshaun was, Kaiser. No, he was bad too. No, <laughs> the, the one guy last was it last year or the year before that that was on Monday Night Football, the Saints. Against, oh, Ian Book. Ian, Ian, Book. Book. Ian yeah. Book. Boy, he's bad. So <laughs> they were they used to love Ian Book, and he's that bad. Just imagine what they're gonna how they're gonna feel about Hartman. They're gonna love him because he is yeah. a great college quarterback. I don't know what his pro pro thing is gonna be, but he's a great college quarterback. So. Uh, you hit on it. Navy's trying to change systems. This probably isn't a good time to do it. Last year on defense, they. When you looked at their splits, run versus pass on defense, they were pretty solid against the run, terrible against the pass, but Notre Dame's probably going to run anyway. But I'd be interested to see how much they get Hartman in the flow there and how loose they get him and all that good stuff. Kyle, do you have any takes on this game? Uh, you know, I, I think Micah kind of nailed it. I think there's a potential for a running back by committee just based on some some quotes from the running back coach and from Marcus Freeman. But I, I think this is a good week to target Esteemy. You know, a lot of the guys that are potentially going to have a role are either returning from a pretty serious injury like Jadarian Price returning from that Achilles injury or they're young guys or they're transfers. Devin Ford transferred in, Jeremiah Love, young guys. So I think that this could be a chance to maybe see Esteemy kind of really run as the number one uh, while these guys kind of ramp up into speed or get used to the the offense here. Um, I, I think the pass catching options are going to be pretty interesting to see where the ball goes. Obviously we have Michael Mayer just kind of dominating all of the targets last season with him being gone, probably going to see it be more spread out, but I think they'll be more efficient. Like you mentioned there uh, with Sam Hartman, I think that's a really good ad for them. Uh, and I would not be surprised to see them become, you know, kind of more of a prolific passing offense, which will be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I think those two guys, Hartman and Estemia, from a uh, projection standpoint, those are the two clear-cut best plays uh, from a showdown perspective. And then you have guys like Jaden Thomas. I think Mitchell Evans is a guy who's fairly interesting in the showdown slate. Obviously, he's going to be taking uh, whatever he can of the the mayor role. 
obviously he's not going to be able to you know compete for 30 percent of the targets like Mayer did last year but uh, if he finds the end zone you know once maybe even twice if you're lucky I think he's a decent showdown play as people probably won't go overboard on a tight end in college football yeah that's just a little little showdown to get you started in, uh, about 1 30 on Saturday and uh and it's part of the fan duel FanDuel game, so we'll touch on it. But, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. We went about 40 minutes on this little five-game, and we'll be back, like I said, every week. You'll have this thing by Thursday night, and you'll be able to dig into it on Friday whenever you want to. So uh, we're going to have some fun with it. It's week zero. College football is back next week. Oh, buddy, now we really start to talk, man. Now now we're getting into some big-time games. So it's going to be fun. But until next week, that was Micah. That was Kyle. I was your host, Chop. We'll be back next Thursday. For now, we're out of here.